Hey everyone and welcome to episode 29 of the Convergence podcast. I'm your host Siddhartha Valuri and this week I had the pleasure of talking to Sri Priyatam who is one of the most prolific artists that I know of. Sri spoke about his journey and struggles early on as an artist and how he overcame them at various stages and how he has developed strategies over time to upgrade his skills and constantly keep up with the demands of the industry. We also spoke about how social media has influenced his work and as well as shaped his journey so far. He came up with a lot of strategies to price one's work as a junior artist trying to break break into the industry and I feel that's something that's quite valuable. Our conversation starts off right in the middle of us discussing a podcast that he had started and how those eventually have been taken over by a series of clubhouse rooms that he has been hosting where he gets to interact with a lot of artists across the country and across the world. This episode is packed with a lot of information and a great source of inspiration especially for young artists trying to break into the industry. So I hope you stick around till the end of the conversation and get a lot of value from it. And with that said, here's my conversation with Sri Priyatam. So, uh, yeah, we were just, uh, 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 we were uh, exploring a lot of guests and all uh, due to some, you know, creative, uh, what do you call it? Uh, creative conflicts or you, you can say um you know uh, and also some delays happening mm-hmm. you know we had to stop it for a bit and uh, when we wanted to pick it up slowly again uh, um from our own end uh, the pandemic has started and uh, we 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 already did four episodes okay. and episode 4 and 5 has was was stuck i guess was stuck in the process uh, in the production and i think it is still there okay <laughs> i don't know where the files are uh you know it uh, they they are pretty interesting conversations honestly so uh, that and we we took all the questions and we have we answered a lot of them you know and it it was an interesting conversation i don't know where 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 that file is anymore but yeah at some point even we uh, you know um, even we think of thinking of we are thinking of uh, you know resuming that um, we were actually thinking to do it last month or something but mm-hmm. you know it never uh, you know uh, never realized uh, you know into into the reality so let, let's see um, i'm really looking forward for that but i am not really sure about it though let's see how it goes because uh, you know the schedules are becoming extremely you know they're nastily tight yeah <laughs> at the same time the club host talks are actually becoming a thing so <laughs> Yeah I mean the clubhouse talks that you've started is a good replacement for the conversations that you were anyway going to have and in a way it allows the community to interact except for the recording thing <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so did you did you uh, I can see that there is uh, you know this audio thing is a new fad now sadad because um even spotify has, uh, has come up with its green rooms did you hear about it yeah i mean just yesterday i think i came to know about that yeah yeah the green green rooms which which also offers recording i guess uh, i still don't know mm-hmm. uh at the same time and there are there is twitter spaces and uh, facebook is coming up with with its own uh, same thing it's already in beta testing and uh, and i think there is another application uh, i i heard yesterday uh, soundcloud i guess i don't know um so even mo- so many people are coming up with this audio platforms i don't know why audio thing audio has become a new fad but 
uh, uh, but it's i think it's interesting uh, i i don't know because so many people are actually saying that clubhouse won't be a thing anymore uh, with facebook you know uh, joining in the uh, joining in the club and ironically the clubhouse you know <laughs> won't work too well be, you know <laughs> in front of the giant uh, but i don't know uh, whatever what from whatever i've seen uh, i think a clubhouse is performing very well in india uh, i don't know about the uh, countries of, uh, outside india but yeah it's, it's working well for me at least maybe you know um, i have some uh, little talks planned for all of us so let's see yeah it's been quite interesting and i definitely think clubhouse is quite a good application because it provides a like a singular experience on that platform it's not modeled with a whole bunch of other social media functionalities on other platforms so that's something that i like about it quite a bit and you can develop true, true. a unique experience and unique audience just for clubhouse and then people from other platforms can join in who already follow you so that's something that i like quite a bit true, about true. clubhouse and i guess one of the clubhouse yeah. sorry sorry to go ahead go ahead no 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 please go ahead please go ahead yeah please so continue. i was saying like the clubhouse talk that you had recently conducted last week i think just hearing so many artists and designers who are coming up in the industry interact with you and just the raw emotion and the excitement that they had in their voices talking to you that really got me excited and that's when i thought i should really bring you on here so that they can get to know a bit more about your journey and really give us a long form discussion platform to go a bit deeper into your thought process and stuff like that because the good thing about clubhouse is that a lot of people can get to interact with you but then one person doesn't have the time to really dig deep into certain aspects and certain conversations so again that pro and con of each platform comes in true and that is very true though because uh, uh, from whatever i've observed uh, yeah clubhouse has been a really good i don't even know why i started it it was just <laughs> uh, an extremely random thought you know and i didn't even think it twice you know i just it just popped into my mind and you know, let's say because clubo has been in my phone since couple of months already okay. you know and i did nothing with it i didn't even literally open you know the application <laughs> so all of a sudden something popped up you know why don't why don't we start it and why don't we because at some point i've i've seen i've i've uh, realized that it could be a a very good platform for active networking to yeah. be honest you know instagram and facebook has never replaced that active networking point because it was like you know there is a lot of scrolling happening you know the instant gratification at the same time uh, you know that it, it wasn't complementing or let's say it is it was complementing uh, you know to the adhd the new generation has mm-hmm. you know so you know you just hit a like you know double tap just keep scrolling you don't want to interact with anyone yeah. you avoid interacting with everyone you know and that's what even i would do you know i'm an extremely introverted person i can't talk so what i i generally avoid talking to others because you know because it's my it, it's my nature it's not about any bad intention or you know it's not it's not even like oh you know who would even talk you know i don't want to talk no. it's not out of that feeling mm-hmm. but now it is completely different you know with a lot of millennials in the game uh, you know we have so many you know youngsters who say you know we just don't talk and they you know they think not talking is quite a fad <laughs> so um, so that one thing is what i uh, what what i very subtly disagree with because you know at some point like i said already in the clubhouse conversation 
uh, you know, talking to people is really important, you know, yeah. coming from me, you know, even I'm surprised to hear that myself. <laughs> so, but um, because I'm, I'm a very, I'm a very silent, silent guy. Uh, I don't generally talk much. You know, I don't, I, not that I don't like to, but I'm, I'm genuinely like that. So, uh, but I realized it anyway, you know, to talk whenever there is a necessity, you know, that's what I've learned, you know, not to blabber all the time, but I, 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 I uh, realized that talking whenever is, whenever uh, it's, uh, yeah, you know, there's a necessity mm-hmm. really makes a lot of difference, you know, and I can't excuse myself for being an introvert that way. So that, that's how, you know, the, so uh, in, in my, in my career or my experience on Instagram and all, you know, so many people were, you know, replying to me, uh, you know, in the past, in the previous posts about maybe so many stories or whatever talks or and all, you know, so there were so many people, you know, used to reply uh, saying that, you know, uh, they're extremely shy and, uh, you know, they would ask me some tips, so ironical, but, you know, uh, how to talk in, mm-hmm. in public spaces and, uh, you know, and all, so many people, you know, uh, more than 50, 100, you know, in my own uh, experience. So what I realized was, you know, it's, it was not only me, but there are so many other people, you know, who are extremely shy, who can, who, who aren't able to, you know, uh, come out and talk and, you know, talk about their own work, mm-hmm. you know, and which, which is quite important because all of most of those people, are, you know, were actually aiming to become freelancers. You know, I don't understand, you know, the irony of life, you know, uh, you know, we, we decide, you know, to be freelancers ourselves, but we cannot, you know, speak for our own selves, you know, which actually, you know, is, is, is the greatest, which actually should be the greatest trait of any freelancer, requires a lot of self-promotion. So, uh, so that way, you know, I wanted to push a lot of youngsters because I've been there, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, I couldn't, you know, communicate proper, I could communicate properly, but I couldn't break the ice, you know, mm-hmm. properly. Uh, so I never was a guy to break the ice. I was always silent, you know, never used to talk properly. Even now I'm the same, but at least, you know, a like, like couple of notches above. But um, I, I've missed so many opportunities, I guess. So um, that way, you know, that's the reason, how, you know, why I started pushing more youngsters, more people in 17s and 18s and 19s, you know, which, which are the most precious years with, with the current technology, even more precious. <laughs> so, you know, and still they would always say that, you know, they're extremely shy. And even with the clubhouse thing, uh, you know, when I was actually trying to uh, invite people to talk, you know, most many artists I know, you know, I approached them, never did I, you know, message someone, you know, but this time I've been approaching so many people just to bring them onto the platform, mm-hmm. you know, actively, I never imagined that, that I would do that myself, but I did. And most of them were saying that, you know, they're shy, they won't talk. <laughs> so it, it's been like the same replies from everywhere. I'm too shy to talk, man. You know, dude, I can't talk. Or, <laughs> oh, or uh, I cannot communicate. You know, uh, I, I, it's, it was, it's just an audio platform, auditory platform. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's not even a visual platform. And and still people are so awkward. You know, I think, I, I think uh, maybe 25 to 30% of, uh, you know, the reason was because of the pandemic. <laughs> because uh, I, I, I don't know, we, we, we just, lost the necessity to talk to people you know yeah. we're not even con- communicating with people we used to know yeah i mean even for so me I, per- think, I mean personally even for me to start the podcast was staying at home for so long and not getting a chance to have these conversations and i mean what you're saying absolutely. is completely right we needed to take the initiative and create an opportunity to make these conversations happen and the 
very true i mean the series of clubhouse talks that you've been doing is a great opportunity for people to come out of their shell because a lot of them have a lot of good ideas to share but unless you're put in that uncomfortable situation to really push yourself and come out of the comfort zone to start talking only then they'll be able to essentially get experience because even public speaking and talking like this is a skill that needs to be developed over time not everyone is naturally gifted enough to just come out of the blue and start talking to 100 200 people very true day. very true no because yeah that is definitely you know that has to be honed hmm. and it, it and it takes a lot of time i started somewhere somewhere around 18 or 19 i guess that was when i i had my first public appearance like you know public talk where i had to go and talk in front of 40 50 or people mm-hmm. you know people started to invite me and i and i didn't know and i had panic attacks i didn't know what to talk and how to do it you know i just didn't know and i was just blabbering a lot of so many not even fillers you know i was just doing um, um you know those are the things and i do generally you know it was way worse than whatever i am right now mm-hmm. but it took a lot of effort you know time and a lot of practice a lot of help from you know so many people so much that i couldn't you know i i i still suck at that you know by the time i was 23 24 uh, you know i was really bad at even communicating you know i never used to talk to people i, was, I used to be af- not afraid but i used to shy away you know let my work speak why me you know mm-hmm. that's what i used to think but after 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 a certain point you know after realizing a lot of tough lessons you know you um, know i i um, i i started to feel that okay i think i think i've lost quite a bit because of this particular trait let's try to lose this and let's not excuse you know let's not excuse myself you know with this particular trait of mine because uh, i i i need i i need good contacts i need good work i need clients i you know this is my job <laughs> you know i can't shy away from my job you know and it doesn't work that way so so yeah i think that's that's how i i started to you know pick up the pace you know talk it out more a bit more louder than what i used to i, th- I mean i think and it is really important i think you're underselling your own ability to converse and speak publicly at this point because i think you host those calls really really well and i think the great thing is that you're able to give everyone a chance to speak and you're not somebody who's trying to hog the stage and hog the limelight where you see that quite often in some clubhouse rooms where the moderators are unwilling to let anybody else speak at all so that's something that i appreciate quite a bit when you're hosting these rooms and that's a great thing yeah i i, I would be the last one to you know uh, you know uh, just take take the stage because you know i would be glad if people can you know take it away from me i, w- I would just be a good listener <laughs> so uh, but you know um, jokes apart uh, communicating or communication at the same time selling yourself i mean um, metaphorically you know selling the work you know that's more uh, important and i would say that so many factors build up one's career you know it's not only their work yeah you know uh, I, i'm sure even you would agree with this absolutely uh, it's not only their work it's not only their work of course you know work it it could it could do fix 60% of it but not the other 40 should be your personality you know the way you're communicating with your audiences and the way you are uh, you know presenting your work to the clients and the way you are presenting yourself to the client and also to your own self you know so the you know the more you present yourself you know uh, to to your own self the more you try to get better at get better at that 
you know because as as we keep introspecting you know we find a lot of errors within us you know we find a lot of you know um, you know uh, uh, but but a lot of introspection you know we find certain qualities in us which in which has to be reduced so that's what i mean you know we 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 tend to repair ourselves quite often you know once we start introspecting mm-hmm. so so that's what i would recommend and and if one is around 29 some anywhere between 16 to 22 23 you know i would definitely recommend and strongly recommend you know them to you know take this as a very serious challenge you know for their coming years you know where you know um if one of them has to be great around 28 to 30 or 35 i think the foundation has to be laid when they are 17 to 20 in this particular era right now and i guess even especially even more so running your own brand and identity as a freelancer establishing that introspective brand of your own is quite important because if you yourself don't know what you're trying to put out there it'll be very hard for potential clients to hire you for a specific thing so understanding what you're trying to sell is also very important absolutely because you know it was it was um, i th- i think this is this this uh, evening you know when i was just browsing twitter mm-hmm. um you know i i i see every day you know uh, i see a lot and lot and lot of potential artists out there oh my god that in that ocean you know twitter you know uh, i don't even feel my feel that you know i am even a speck <laughs> you know in in the in, in that particular thing there are so many incredible artists you know so many of them and each and every one of them you know uh, e, you know were like a genius find for me even even this evening when i was working out i usually you know keep browsing twitter and keep finding new artists so that you know uh, i can get more inspired and you know the more i find them i find them every day and the more i find them you know i realize that they they are pretty young you know young as in in a 20 21 22 and they are already so bloody good mm-hmm. you know and i just can't imagine myself you know it sometimes you know uh, you know uh, demotivates me so much you know it overwhelms me sometimes how how are these guys so good while i struggle with a lot of sketches each and every day you know these guys are you know presenting these nft artworks and they're selling away for 2 3 4 ethereum i was like what yeah. so so that kind of potential is there you know uh, and uh, fortunately sorry unfortunately uh, most of them uh, you know were not from india <laughs> you know that's what uh, you know uh, uh, even i am uh, you know thinking i was thinking about you know why aren't many people you know i find or the quality i find isn't from india and because no one shies away you know no one shies away when it comes to other countries is what i observed you know there are so many youngsters out there who are openly who are extremely open that you know this is me and i i don't have work right now and i'm a freelancer please give me work is what they tweet and they, they keep posting their portfolio mm-hmm. and people start retweeting them and and they get the support and they get the clients and they land up on bigger platforms later on it's because they are extending some request and and the world is listening to it that's what i think many people here lack we take everything for granted we expect work to appear on our doorstep we don't try to you know talk about ourselves or sell our own work but we expect clients to come come to us knock our door i think i think that's the whole gist of what i'm talking about 
I think th- there's definitely quite a lot of truth to that. And I wouldn't say just for the younger artists who are trying to break in, but even a lot of established artists. Like there are so many amazing artists in India whom who don't have any social media presence, who I hardly know about because they are not vocal about what they have been doing. And I think now it is breaking quite a bit, like that mold is breaking quite a bit. I I know for a fact that the NFT community in India is also pretty strong at this point and there are quite a lot of big right. artists coming out from here. But ne- never understood that anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a whole different conversation altogether. But I do completely agree with you regarding the younger artists who are coming up with extremely good quality work, really, really young. And I would be lying if I said that it didn't affect me at all. Even when I look at their work and they're like 18 or 15, sometimes you obviously will feel that, hey, they are already at that quality. What am I doing maybe a decade later? Not that much, right? But I guess the important thing is that we need to stay focused on what we are providing what our vision is and I think that's where your work I think we can go a bit deeper into because when I look at your body of work at a very surface level glance it's just characters or portraitures but when you actually go into it the way you push your forms the way you hatch the forms the way you're bringing out the personality of each character that you're drawing I think that's something that's fascinated me the most about your work so I really want to understand how are you looking at the human form how are you trying to perceive it and what motivates you to push it in certain directions so so uh, I, I i think it is something we learn from the people we look up to so that most of the times uh, you know we we generally don't uh, invent anything by our own uh, you know we just get inspired we admire so much so many artists and artworks so much that we keep staring we keep absorbing you know we are like sponges mm-hmm. we are like fleshy sponges you know uh, you know we keep observing anything and everything we attract you know, because this is the greatest, you know, the, the mind is the greatest sponge ever. <laughs> you know, it attracts anything you, you know, you, you want. So um, I, I know I've, I look, I look up to a lot of different artists from, you know, Renaissance to, you know, uh, this modern day, you know, right on Instagram. Uh, so, so uh, there, there are, there are few artists I know I could, I could say, you know, the, 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 the first and foremost is uh, Jan Obdabik, you know, he's one of uh, the great artists. Uh, you know, who's alive today in, in my standpoint, you know, and uh, uh, especially he, he is a master of caricatures, just like Charles da Costa mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, um, and John. So, um, so G- this guy, Jan of the Beek, he's 65 years old or something. So he is a master in caricatures or forms or shapes, characters. And uh, hatching, oh my God, don't even ask me. Um, and uh, and contouring God level and almost every medium. You know? And, uh, you know, he's a master. He's been drawing for like 60 years now. So so let's not, let's not even get there. So, uh, and uh, Charles Dacosta, uh, he's already a very uh, old man. Uh, he's uh, extremely old. Um, he used to, his peak was around seventies. Okay. Uh, uh, so that's that that's that's how famous he was, and his his hatching is. Um, I don't want to even you know talk about his hatching. You know, I'll send across his profiles. You know, uh, they are very much active on uh, Facebook. Okay. Uh, and yeah, and uh, there is another French artist, uh, Thierry Coquelet. Um, 
so i think i think he is one of the greatest artists alive right now um you know um, and uh, you know uh, ander zon from Renaz- uh, from from uh, you know the classic uh, artists yeah. you know i am extremely inspired by his etchings you know uh, his etchings are something which is like orgasmic to me <laughs> i keep staring at them all the time on pinterest you know <laughs> so i don't get tired of them uh, so and, uh, and and there is another artist uh, victor kalvachev uh, i'm sure you must have heard about it yeah of course um, yeah so i uh, you know i love his work like anything victor kalvachev his lines i think i think these all of these you know the jason siler uh, is one of one of my most you know uh, 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 most uh, influential artist for me on my own career is what i feel mm-hmm. to develop my own style you know he has helped me a lot uh, you know uh, uh, you know helped me a lot passively you know because he has posted a lot of work online and i started staring all at all of them <laughs> so uh, so that's how that's so i i kind of observe uh, and stare at them and try to absorb everything i see you know uh, you know that uh, that that un- unbelievable uh, you know thing you know you, you that feeling of uh not in you know a disbelief you know that's what i could say the feeling of disbelief when you see someone's artwork you know so beautiful you know, how could they even do it you know i can't do this anymore you know you know what am i even doing here is what the feeling you get right so so that's what i get every day so these people still draw every day you know more than us <laughs> and uh, you know and they are extremely good at all of them so i don't know you know oh, wherever we are right now but i'm sure you know uh, i'm sure that i know what i have to do to get there mm-hmm. so i think that's that's the whole you know thought process you know re- behind my style so um, i i try to absorb all, all these things and i think i i try to throw them on the paper you know in in my own way that's how that's how any style develops right so uh, so yeah i think it's, it's it's an amalgamation of so many styles that's the reason why you keep seeing a lot of you know back and forth between a lot of styles in my profile mm-hmm. i guess that's where so some some sometimes yeah i guess that's where my next question comes in because these names that you have taken are each of them is a master in their own skill and the kind of work that they are producing and now you as a fresh artist coming in and taking all these inspirations and translating that into a piece of your own how do you mold that through your own mind because it's easy to get carried away just by one style but you are able to filter out specific elements of each of these artists and then translate that into your own work and i guess that's something that i've seen a lot of people struggle with where they outright copy somebody else's style rather than dissecting the style and then interpreting their into their own work so how do you go about doing that so even you know even i was one of them uh, uh, and i i still think i am one of them mm-hmm. but the thing is uh, uh, i i i uh, like i said before you know attempting on something you know the most important trait uh, you know uh, so many you know masters vouched for and vouched on is the art of staring at something analyzing mm-hmm. you know the analyzing you know thing no one does that you know um uh, i'm sure you know many masters would agree with this because they were the ones who said that and i started taking it more seriously because i wanted to give it a try at one point in my life you know saying that you know let's let's start to you know let's not draw right after i see the difference let's not draw right away you know okay let's let's take a paper or let's pick a ipad and keep drawing whatever i see no 
not that you know once we see something take a photograph or something if you have time you know just have a good look at it observe what's going on there what's the drama you know what and how the light is behaving how the shadows are behaving you know and what is the rhythm what is the rhythm what is the flow happening on the face or on the body or in the background or whatever and 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 once we have a proper idea of what's going on in the scene and mm-hmm. you know, i i then start with a rough sketch you know that's what i've you know that you know that's when i think the whole process of my work changed a lot you know um and no no one believes that because these are some things which are not seen you know people only see the outputs on instagram that's it yeah <laughs> you know uh, we are we are all just carried away by the details but not the most important things which are actually you know uh, you know uh, actually leading us there so uh, so yeah i think i think that that's the point and uh, coming to the you know coming to that uh, implementation of the style uh, i used to you know uh, fear a lot to experiment you know when i was 20 21 mm-hmm. 22 so after that i started to leave you know leave all those you know fears you know because uh, you know i i think it's i think there are there are layers of philosophies you know uh, that can be applied because exercises with physical exercises you know there is a thing called plateauing you know once you reach an adaptation phase where you know where you are used to a particular weight you have to you know overload a bit mm-hmm. you know if if you want to build some muscle you have to overload a bit so uh, and and that's how you know that particular philosophy was something which actually helped me here as well you know i um, know you reach a plateau everyone reaches a plateau you know uh, when you're good at something you reach you'll definitely reach a plateau and you know no one no, no no one will ever say that to you people will start people will always enjoy whatever you draw i'm not saying no to that but there is there is this thing called conscience and it 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 speaks a lot to your own self you know and it gives you a feeling that okay dude i think this is boring or this is getting redundant or I, you know i th- i think you're reaching a plateau because this is not enjoyable anymore it's not giving you that adrenaline or the rush right. you know okay hatching okay fine let's do it not 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 challenging you know you know so what what's more challenging you know we keep seeking more challenges and i think you know that's the you know let's take a new style or what's i think i think the mind subconsciously you don't deliberately go on to pinterest and start searching for new styles siddharth you know i never did that you know my mind you know automatically you know took me to a different style i don't i never asked why or how it happens but it just happened you know i i keep browsing pinterest and my uh you know my attention completely is drawn towards a different artist after a, after a certain patch mm-hmm. and that's completely uh, not so deliberate so i think it's a natural pro- a natural process and we have to welcome that and that's the overload i'm talking about so now that i have taken a new style that's a new weight on my skill and of course you know there will be a lot of struggling in in, in the initial phases when we starting new style and eventually we'll pick it up and again we will adapt get adapted to that and again there will be a plateau and we'll overload with another art another another, another style you know i think i think that's how we keep evolving hmm that's an interesting analogy i like the way you have paralleled it with working out and slowly upskilling and upgrading the kind of load that you're able to take i guess yeah i i think it it, it will be applied to anything and everything you hmm. know if we think in a logical way yeah that makes complete sense and i guess that leads me to a parallel question almost to this now you obviously do a certain style of work and is the inspiration that you draw limited to only these 
school of art so to speak or are you taking inspiration from other sources like filmmakers or photographers or authors who are bringing in ideas of different kinds which you then implement into your work that's a that's a very good question because uh, that that's majorly what i do in fact oh okay uh, because uh, here so so i i i'm a huge movie buff mm-hmm. you know I, i'm like an extreme i'm i'm, I'm a severe watcher <laughs> so uh, you know i watch a lot of movies and series multiple times if i love them uh, you know for years together if if i fall in love with them so um, so that way i think i always draw inspiration from a lot of writers filmmakers the way they present their subjects mm-hmm. you know the way they portray their character the characters they've written you know uh, and the light they show those characters in and you know there are so many different factors which uh, you know um which pour into you know whatever the process i have right now so so a lot of tv series is like breaking bad let's say or uh, or um uh, or the sopranos or uh, madman or six feet under i think there are so many different um you know uh, genres of series and movies i have you know i love uh, and also the cinematography department mm-hmm. you know i i dig a lot of lighting department and cinematography department and the writing department and and how they turn their subjects you know uh, i know are, are, the, are these characters dark you know are these characters you know uh, in 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 the light of vein are there are these comics or are these anti heroes or are these uh, uh, you know just supporting characters and how 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 do they portray those characters and i uh, you know what are when what is the light uh, you know you know what's the light they chose what's the color palette they chose you know uh, to set the mood of a particular period or something you know all these things you know they, they add a lot of sense to whatever I, you know however i work you know all the colors i choose you know whenever i paint something or whenever i hatch something you know all the lights you know i i get attracted to some interesting light and i try to uh, i try to replicate that in the in the random piece i start mm-hmm. in the, uh, in the in the parallel zone you know so that's because i you know i enjoyed something and which caught my attention on on a particular show or a movie so that's how uh, that's how i generally you know work you know i think it's 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 the, uh, each and everyone has their own trigger point i think this is one this is uh, one thing for me and also music a lot of music is there any particular kind of music that you, that you like to listen to while working because just the kind of work that you're doing involves a lot of cross hatching a lot of contouring and it's almost like a mechanical or meditative process at after a certain point where the certain contours have been defined so is there a particular kind of music that propels you through that process yeah um so yeah i'm i'm very picky with my music generally mm-hmm. um so i i listen to a lot of different you know wide spec wide range of genres but uh, uh, but more, most of the times i generally listen to instrumentals okay um and a lot of uh, carnatic music a lot of hindustani music um and a lot of western classical you know orchestras and all so uh, a lot and lot and lot of ar rahman <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, and, a, and a, a lot of hans zimmer always uh, so yeah i think i think most of the times you know this is what this is how you know uh, the loop continues <laughs> that's interesting yeah i mean it's a great thing i mean it makes sense that you are taking inspiration from so many different facets of design and art because it definitely reflects in your work and 
whenever somebody asks me like what my points of inspiration are i try, i always try to explain to them to diversify the sources where they are drawing from because the more varied those sources are the more ideas you will get in your mind essentially so i think absolutely that's that's, that's how you know I, for for me for me i think the creative energy comes from every source mm-hmm. you know the creative energy or motivation or inspiration or whatever so i i'm a person who always believed in self, you know um uh motivation from within you know i always believe in self motivation i don't believe in you know uh, someone trying to motivate another one right. you know i never believed in that if someone has to motivate if there is anyone who has to motivate it's your own self that's it you know uh, one you know you can only push someone to an extent after that they has to kick start their own you know project or whatever they're working on that's right uh, so uh, i think that's that, that's the school i come from so uh, uh, so that's the reason why i try to you know get attracted to people who who support that or watch that philosophy you know most of these people i just talked uh, talked about you know uh, they are the same uh, you know and i think that's how and majorly ar rahman you know i really look up to that uh, person and i majorly like really really you know i look up to him a lot so uh, i i think um, he has he has a very you know uh, a prominent role in whatever the philosophy i work from mm, that's interesting again it's clearly goes to show that let's say the way of conducting your artistic journey can be taken from any person it doesn't have to be an artist in the traditional sense it could be a musician true true absolutely very true very true i guess so now we know where you are in your career at this point but what was your origin like did you study art somewhere or was it a completely self taught journey how did you go about that process okay so um I, i don't know why but i still consider myself as uh, you know a self taught artist despite you know being in uh, you know and uh, uh, despite the fact that uh, i enrolled myself in an art school <laughs> because uh, uh, there were a lot of incidences which actually you know uh, uh, obstructed the process of my art school okay. i was there you know we were having all the classes and what not but you know there were there you know oh, but yeah i i've been drawing ever since you know i was a, i was a five year old uh, kid Wow. so uh, uh so i've i've been drawing um, my whole life uh, you know i've been a hobby artist i've been uh, you know the kid at the back bench who always draws you know uh, i i've always been the kid you know who always draws pokemon or beyblade or tom and jerry or flintstones or, you know swat cats or all the stuff you know uh, but never studies properly <laughs> so uh, so from the from from there to you know uh, to the guy who never gave a damn about uh, you know uh, the 10th class board examinations you know uh, 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 to uh, uh, you know uh, finding a source you know that there is a college in hyderabad you know who you know who which offers a fine art degree and all i i didn't even know you know that there would be a college you know <laughs> which offers something you know uh, for uh, for art or drawing mm-hmm. whatever so yeah so eventually i enrolled myself with all the parent support and all you know i enrolled myself in, in the art school and i was extremely passionate as an artist i really i was enjoying that i was enjoying the process all along as a child you know as a, you know as as a young adult at the same time as an adolescent as you know as a teenager i kept on enjoying i i never stopped doing it you know despite all the mess happening in my life in the in my on the personal front mm-hmm. um so it 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 meant something to me i think that's i i subconsciously chose 
that as my uh, you know uh, uh, what do you call it uh, um, a, a passive holiday spot for my own self that's it you know okay uh, so so that's how um, i started you know i started my art school later on uh, jnfu in hyderabad jawaharlal nehru in the fine arts uh, and architecture university um, so um, the first year was okay uh, because i was extremely excited you know uh, a, a kid with a lot of responsibilities you know coming from middle class and, and a lot of financial expectations you know and you know which you know which weren't at all in in a proper chronological order and you know all the, the combination was extremely dangerous india south india hyderabad fine art and money <laughs> that's the that, that that's the greatest tragedy ever in one line <laughs> so so uh, that was something you know uh, i i would never think would work honestly but anyway you know i i had uh, my my parents were very you know uh, kind enough i'm still grateful for that fact mm-hmm. you know uh, they never questioned my choices they never pushed me of course there were there are some different reasons for that um, their own first hand experiences um, uh, but yeah i'm i'm grateful that they've realized uh, you know what's important you know for the kid and they they let me do it and uh, you know but you know the political situations right then in the state you know in in uh, in, in then andhra pradesh and now telangana mm-hmm. you know um, and it was it was pretty severe you know by the time i was reaching second semester of my first year itself you know everything went chaotic the city went into a lockdown you know back then and everything was everything everything was completely closed yeah. and there was no there were no classes happening and uh, we were paying fees a lot of hard work my dad's my dad's money is going away but i was not getting anything in return you know they were expecting some money around the fourth year you know i i didn't know what to do you know it was it was a chaotic uh, you know situation it still you know sends chills down my spine when i think about the situation because i was completely helpless uh, because i've been uh, i've been drawing everything and anything you know before art school and i wanted to become something after enrolling myself in an art school and now the same thing happens there is no one here again you know and this thing happens college is shut down what should i do you know those were my precious moments uh, where my father was you know pulling in a lot of money and you know paying it to the college but i was not getting an ounce of uh, you know productivity in return so i started to you know uh, i i passively quit the college uh, uh, i just stuck here right in the same seat i am right now mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know i stuck in the same room in the same spot uh, a different chair back then uh, so uh, i i i i literally no, no exaggeration i literally sat i stuck my ass to the chair for the next 3 to 5 years you know um completely i used to wake up around 6 o'clock i used to draw nothing else i i i i, I, I at some point i was so rigorous i was extremely serious and passionate that um you know uh, i uh, i would i would react very arrogantly to my mother even when she asked me to get some rice or you know get some ground nuts or get some you know uh, or groceries from uh, from the shop below you know i wouldn't just go you know so i used to render around 4 to 5 sketches a day wow. every day so every day you know i i cannot imagine myself doing that anymore i think i've exhausted all of my nerves in that in those 3 to 4 years of my life uh, and i don't know if if that's a good thing or a bad thing sometimes i feel that it was a bad thing but if not for that phase you know i wouldn't have uh, 
gain all the skills at what whatever i have right now i i almost because think i was so i mean i almost think it's inevitable for somebody who is really passionate about what they want to do there is no other choice but to put in that much amount of time and energy into getting better absolutely absolutely because you know there were so many factors again i was extremely passionate i i, I wanted to make it as my profession second you know uh, the inevitable fact that you know there are no you know bright careers of course you know n- not actively at least not like engineers and doctors over here you know uh, unless there is extreme hard work and skill set in india and 2009 and 10 it was even more evident mm-hmm. now it's better you know in 2000 exactly 10 9 or 10 years ago it, it was even more worse you know so uh, i didn't know what to do and uh, that was one factor the second the third factor was financial responsibilities you know a middle class family and what not and um, you know and the fourth one was the anger on uh, on uh, on people who you know who have led me to these circumstances whatever that that teenage anger whatever used to have <laughs> you know so all of these in you know the culmination of these things you know made me sit i developed a lot of migraines and uh, you know eyesights and all during that phase so but yeah i think i'm still grateful you know i wouldn't trade that phase to for anything i guess M- maybe i would have uh, 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 worked a bit more harder or smarter maybe there is always there are always uh, you know some uh, some little tweaks you you could do to your uh, you know past self but yeah i think i i've done whatever i could you know to take in you know to tackle the situation that's what i could do that's it oh that's a fascinating thing i think uh interesting parallel is that right now the situation that we are in there are so many students who are stuck in the same situation due to a lockdown of a different kind the pandemic of of course except and, that the sources are extremely good yeah but exactly now there is the opportunity which is available and all the information is available online as well and so i think much. they can just take that as an opportunity just like you did and really just go all in into their work of course maintain the kind of balance that their life allows them to there there weren't too many there weren't too many liberal sources in 2008 and 9 so that honestly mm-hmm. even i mean, i'm sure even you would agree with that yeah uh, you know we didn't have so many so you know even the internet was shitty then <laughs> so so i uh, i don't even know uh, you know uh, it, was, it was when facebook started to emerge a lot you know and i was extremely active on facebook mm-hmm. i used to post whatever the shit i used to draw you know <laughs> you know and i used to i i befriended tons and tons and tons of artists on facebook mm-hmm. you know i was a big thing on facebook you know the algorithm completely you know twisted and throw you know threw me to the dustbin later on and everyone uh, but back then you know when i used to post you know things would have been really good you know now Mm-hmm. you know yeah i used to i used to get around 200 300 400 likes on facebook back then you know it was a good, it was a huge thing then yeah. you know and now it could have been like 4000 5000 if the algorithm was same <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah i think that was the best thing i've done in you know, befriending all those uh, you know uh, in, uh, uh, amazing artists and uh, one all of uh, especially uh, yan of the big and jason siler david bodro from uh, you know warner brothers and you know so many artists i used to talk to message unnecessarily you know mm-hmm. i just used to message uh, like uh, like uh, 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 like an ignorant teenager <laughs> you know i used to uh, keep goofing around you know uh, i never because i had no other choice yeah um 
you know there are so many different incidences in uh, incidents you know which um, you know which leads to a particular trait in a, in a in a person you know so that's the reason you know i used to message so many artists i used to ask them request them beg them for uh, whatever the techniques they use mm-hmm. you know especially for digital art I, i didn't know what vacuum was i didn't know what a digital tablet was you know i don't know whatever the software they working on how do you get all these strokes and i used to message all of these things so so uh, you know when i when i go back and think about all those things i still laugh at my own self you know, do did you actually do it <laughs> so um, so so uh, i think i think uh, i was expecting a lot of replies i got few mm-hmm. uh, i was led to different workshop links and websites uh, for you know from few mm-hmm. you know which i couldn't afford obviously um uh, and i think i think that's uh, the reason that's the source which you know uh, where my uh, um you know uh, my response to so many messages in in my inbox right now on instagram stems out from you know i used to message a lot of people and uh, you know i used to expect a lot and not that i'm actually you know uh, stretching the bar too high but i try to respond to as many messages as possible because i knew how it was like yeah you know um, literally i used to you know i'm not even kidding I'm, i used to message like crazy you know and i i never even used to talk properly but i used to message like anything <laughs> so 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 yeah i was a keyboard warrior then i guess yeah i i mean sometimes you just have to reach out to people and i think now in fact even more so it's easier to reach out to people through instagram because almost every artist is accessible through instagram so i think people just need to take that true, chance true. and just reach out i think the key is to not have any expectations you shouldn't expect a reply back but just from your side you approach them in a polite manner and maybe they'll reply back so for the most part people do um true i i wanted to get into how did you actually land your first gig because you were put in that awkward situation with the college shutting down and a lot of other stuff happening but you were obviously developing your skill at the same time by yourself so how did you actually end up landing the first job because that is the most important part once you're in the industry then you kind of work your way from there so um so yeah i think you know when i um so during this particular situation i um you know when i started to work a lot you know from uh, from my bedroom you know i started to uh, you know i stopped going to college uh, and all the stuff maybe like 6 months to 1 year of rigorous practice a lot of postings on facebook obviously you know there was a there was a friend of mine uh, an acquaintance of mine then uh you know who actually approached me you know for a little sketch i didn't even know it was freelancing then you know so uh you know that was uh, that was the first uh, gig i guess uh, i think i think i got around i don't know i don't even remember 500 rupees or something 600 i, I guess <laughs> so uh it was it, it was a portrait and uh, i i gladly agreed because i think someone is actually trusting in my process so let's take a chance and uh, and yeah i think i think i think that was the first one and uh, i would still say that social media is everything today you know as much as i would love to say that don't you know put all of your eggs in one basket like instagram or facebook but that is the unfortunate truth <laughs> that you have to put in at some point <laughs> 
so uh, that 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 was how you know facebook was uh, uh, my major source then uh, which was replaced by instagram later on and uh, eventually uh, which is uh, owned by facebook again <laughs> but uh, facebook <laughs> yeah so uh, facebook was completely my source because i was extremely active all the time you know uh, i used to post like i said i used to work like crazy man you know i just can't believe how i even used to work then i don't have the same energies or the passion anymore is what i feel <laughs> so i used to work i used to uh, you know render like four or five pieces and now i don't even do one a single day i can't do it not even bond but i can't do it now so yeah i think that's how you know a lot of consistency that's what it took you know um, i've learned it the hard way the consistency is the key mm-hmm. always in that's what which which put my work out there and after a certain point when your work is out there enough and enough people know about it then the ball kind of gets rolling and especially as a freelancer very we, slowly yeah very slowly yes definitely that that's a key point to put out there at this point would you say a majority of your clients reach out to you via instagram itself or is it through prior connections that you've built over time no now it's it's kind of slightly diversified mm-hmm. uh i'm glad to say that finally <laughs> so <laughs> so because back then it used to be entirely on facebook or instagram that's it okay. 100% literally but but now uh, starting to diversify a bit not not so much that i'm expecting it to be but i think you know let's assume it's it's just a start okay uh, you know there are there are a lot of people approaching from you know previous projects and acquaintances of other clients and you know from mouth talk and uh, you know uh, students from my workshops mm-hmm. and uh, you know uh, other people acquaintances friends friends from my own workshops again and uh, you know uh, instagram and occasionally very very rarely facebook now and uh, uh you know and reddit and uh, emails mm-hmm. and uh, very rarely twitter and uh, slightly here and there linkedin uh, so yeah i think it's kind of a mix and mash uh, but the major chunk uh, is what instagram is still uh, having okay that's interesting um do you mind if we go into the pricing structure as a freelance artist because that's something that a lot of people yes. do struggle with especially early on how do you exactly price a project and specifically in this case let's talk about the kind of work that you do how do you price a portrait or a series of uh, human figures or human sketches or designs okay mm. so i don't have um, uh, a template structure to this that mm-hmm. uh um, but you know how i started it was uh, you know by approaching other artists about you know how the market standard is the first thing the first and foremost thing what is the market standard i was i, I was uh, i was smart enough to realize uh, you know without anyone saying that my work has to be good in the first place to even charge or start freelancing in the first place right you know so that's one thing i was pretty sure about so i was very sure that you know my work is at least you know uh, is offering a good quality you know not a laughable quality but a good quality of work so that people would feel you know that there is a value to this guy's work you know that's the first and foremost thing i would i would uh, i know i would i would say or i would suggest any beginner right now 
you know, make sure that, you know, uh, before even entering into this thing called how what to price and how to price and what, you know, make sure you're offering a good quality of work. You know, that's what I think. And next process is, you know, the market standard. You know, what is the market pricing for the same requirement? So, um, so the same market standard was, uh, you know, I inquired, you know, with having a lot of disguise guys and approaching other artists, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, what do you charge for this particular thing and all, you know, and, uh, uh, and then going around, you know, asking around people and, uh, you know, that, that's the second part, you know, for the same requirement, by the way, you know, okay. whatever the genre you're working with, you know, if it's portraiture or a concept art or caricature or ca- character design or animator, each of these things are different. Right. And each of these things are different in pricing and, uh, you know, if you work in hardly basis, not in India, obviously. So, um, so, uh, so this is how you, you know, uh, go through that mm-hmm. uh, in the initial phase and later on. What is the time you're spending on the, on the, on the work? You know, um, like, you know, we just had that in, in the clubhouse talk that, you know, let's say we are, we are uh, you know, I'm expecting like 20,000 rupees in a month, you know, uh, so what is the time you're working on one single project? Let's say it's an independent client commission, you know, not 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 a corporate project or someone some you know, from a studio. It's an independent commission, right? So let's say you're just uh, you're working on a commission which takes about six days, you know, six days to uh, deliver, uh, you know, and you have 20, 20, 24 days. So the six days, you know, should at least give you like two thousand to three thousand rupees to cover your expenses. Right. You know, that's 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 the basic thing. You know, that that's how you calculate basically the average, and at least, and then you um, you decide on a lot of factors. What are the sketchbooks you're using? What are the tools you're using? Stedler pencils, Kohenor, you know, or uh, or Prisma colors, or uh, Copic markers, or all the expensive stuff, you know, or an iPad Pro. You know, what what you know? Did you spend one lakh on it? You know, did you spend seventy thousand on it? You know, and, and you 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 weigh in a lot of factors. You know, did you go to an art school? You know, so many. You know, you spent so many years. So uh, do you? You know, you respect a lot of your work. At the same time, you don't want to, you know, make the clients feel that you know this guy is so expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, so because uh, if you if you want to sound expensive, you know, you got to have experience or a good portfolio with you. You know, uh, as a beginner, we neither. You know, we don't we don't have neither of them. We, you know, we'll never have them. So that's the reason why the low pricing starts from, you know, let's say you'll be starting from like 2,000, 1,000 rupees or 2,000. Even 2,000 is higher for a master artist sometimes in this country, unfortunately. <laughs> so For an uh, entire piece, so, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, God. we come across a lot of art, so a lot of requirements, but seriously, you know, they're ridiculous, from, you know. So, uh, uh, you know, if, um, if not for the tolerance we build towards these messages and... Uh, people um we won't be able to survive in this industry <laughs> you know it's insane uh, how people are even in 2021 they approach with thousand rupees of budget <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. So, yeah 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 so i appreciate their uh, guts you know <laughs> so uh, so yeah in this in this particular uh, you know uh, situation we are in you know you've got to weigh in a lot of factors mm-hmm. you know be very logical rational with your pricing you know so you got to start minimally in the beginning you can actually undervalue yourself 
you know sometimes it's it's okay you know because you're still a beginner you're getting something you know you will you you, you have to be you have to be paid that's it that that's the only thing you, you know you need you know you could be tad bit undervalued because there is always you know um you know a back and forth in the beginning stages you'll be lacking whatever you know uh, the expectations you have you know you you know you you will never be fulfilled with your expectations in the beginning phases because that's that's the reason why it's called a beginner phase you know no it's it's very rare that we see people being offered you know uh, whatever they they've expected or more than their ballpark estimation when they are beginners right you know we charge way less than what we what what we deserve because we undervalue ourselves as beginners we as beginners we always think that ah who would pay you know who would even pay to us you know let's let's take it slow is what we think that's how a beginner's mentality or or psychology work so so you can actually undervalue yourself at uh, you know if you're too confused about it but not undervaluing like 500 rupees like me <laughs> but you know uh, but 500 was, was something you know was a lot because you know i used to carry bus passes literally in my pocket so that was a huge thing for me and uh, 2009 internet was way more you know higher you know uh, now even 2000 rupees is nothing so uh, it depends you know like let's say you can start with 1000 rupees as a beginner and then keep picking it up as the frequency of your clientele is growing you know let's say you charge like 1000 to 1500 rupees for your first project increase couple of hundreds and uh, you know let, let it be for two months you know and then pick it up again again the progress of overload thing you know yeah. so it, it won't be it won't be too direct on the on the clients you know most of the times even when you increase the prices after one year you know uh, clients ask that oh you just charged me like you know uh, uh, less than you know or less in the in, in the previous year you know why is so expensive now uh, it's just like you know uh, we have the fuel prices increased so yeah <laughs> obviously <laughs> so you know you never asked about it so you don't even ask about this thing as well <laughs> Mm, that's a good point so so that's how it works and i guess so, so as, as as the requirements increase i just wanted to also point out like as somebody is gaining experience the ability to negotiate also they have to keep developing parallelly because it's not just enough to keep producing good work but after a certain point that ability to contact a client and talk with the client is also something that's quite important so how did you oh, kind lot. of develop that skill so to speak yeah it gets extremely awkward you know how it is right uh so uh yeah i was to start with i was you know i am an introvert and i never uh you know even get to talk to people and money issues you know you can expect me to be an ostrich you know i really you know dig my head deep into the ground you know when talking about money and stuff but you know as a freelancer we it is inevitable that you you know uh, you cannot escape from this phase of negotiating if you're not good at it you know you will never be able to crack a good deal which you know which you actually deserve you will pick it up anyone will pick up the skills of negotiating you know as they keep going and growing that's always there i'm not denying with that but one has to try i used to be extremely shy and awkward to ask money about people i used to be i used to put a lot of emojis and all whatever it is you know <laughs> uh, you know before you know before you know don't mind please don't mind you know uh, you know uh, i might sound a little bit bothering you know all these you know uh, respectful stuff mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning uh, which people used to manipulate a lot 
and they never used to pay obviously because if you're too soft people would never care if you are arrogant people would at least start to care you know they wouldn't pay <laughs> you know <laughs> but they would at least address that oh this guy is arrogant <laughs> yeah they'll at least engage back in the conversation and not take you for a ride <laughs> exactly <laughs> mm, that's an interesting so, so, so uh, as <laughs> so the as time passed you know with a lot of arrogance arrogancy from the clients and a lot of procrastination from the clients and uh, and uh, notorious uh, you know payment delays you know insane payment delays and in a humongous display of patience from my end mm-hmm. you know um, uh, i know i stopped i stopped you know doing all those things you know started being too straight you know uh, so like i said as a freelancer we used to, we always have you know we 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 learn we learn in the hard ways people who never learn in the hard ways are lucky uh, i would say but uh, you know what, i've learned it the hard way so that i i i uh, generally type down um, i give out a document in the mail itself saying that these are uh, you know the guidelines you know these are the prerequisites mm-hmm. terms and conditions whatever you, you you know you may call it you know so this is the process and this is how you approach and this is how this is what i would need from you and this is the next step step number 2 where you would give all the references you know and the ideas you know and this is a step 3 where you describe your ideas in textual format you know so that, and also you know uh, if there are any other references you have in mind you know this is the right this is the only time you you have to put in the mind you know and the fifth point is the payment section where you know if uh, if there is if if the budget is x you know if the budget is triple x i would uh, uh, you know um let's say uh, let's say 20000 rupees of budget i would say that you know i would need 10000 rupees as an upfront right. and 10000 rupees before the delivery okay right before the delivery you would get the final file with copyrighted you know uh, the copyrighted file uh, you know uh, in the fi- on the final day and once you make the payment you will be receiving the final file that's how it works you know and if the budget won't exceed 20000 you will be paying 100% upfront okay so uh, so that's that's how you know uh, i i used to you know draft all the documents in in the beginning itself so that's how i start nego- you know uh, i learned a lot you know and following up with clients and all you know how it is mm-hmm. so there are again there are there are some cor- there are some corporates you know we, so, so i just spoke about independent independent clients so when it comes to corporates again they have their own payment policies you know literally so no one is above these corporates obviously i'm not them i'm not one and any and not anyone so they have their own payment policies saying that you know you have to work now and after one month or three months or five months you'll be getting your payment you know so we we won't be able to you know negotiate there anymore you know so that's a different scenario where you will be definitely given an agreement from the corporate itself mm-hmm. you know once there is an agreement there is no looking back to it so you are totally safe then that's totally fine but when it comes to negotiating before coming to an agreement for with corporates it definitely requires some time to learn you know like you know again how you value your work how big are the are the corporates you know uh, you know if the corporates are big enough like let's say google or microsoft then oh gosh the name of these guys should know should would have a lot of money so you know you can feel free to Now just throw in your figure whatever you have in mind in your greedy mind so so that you know so 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 that you know you're just throwing the stones in the dark it might hit or it might not hit you know right. who knows yeah, so true. so let's you know you, you can feel 
you can feel free to throw and if if it does hit then you're in for a jackpot and once you're done with the project that's that's the price sorry that's the phase you increase your catalog prices mm. that's a very good piece of advice the moment you crack a certain threshold so, of uh, project value that's that's a good time to increase yeah. the general price at which you are putting your work out there exactly because your portfolio has a good clientele now mm-hmm. you know you can say that you can brag about yourself that okay i've worked for this guy yeah. so you can expect uh, some good price from me so that that's how it works awesome dude Th- these are i think very tangible and specific pieces of advice that people can definitely incorporate into their practices especially i mean just the initial aspect of like slowly scaling up the price every couple of months is also a pretty good piece of advice because that allows you to start small and then slowly ramp it up in a matter of a few months and absolutely but yes. all this subject to your work also developing at the same time i think that's something that has very to be true very true so yeah so to make it to make it a bit more easier for the clients initially when you are a beginner you can you can divide it into few few different sections of you know sketches black and white color whatever it is mm-hmm. you know and then you can you can you can have different you know price points to all of those right so people with different budgets and affordability will choose whatever they want according to their requirements okay you know and you can add like couple of like i said like 200 rupees or 300 rupees for every 3 months or 2 months or 5 months and then you know it should be painless to the cust- uh, you know to the, to the customers or consumers or clients as well right it shouldn't be like you know a, 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 an instant spike from 1000 rupees to 5000 rupees it has to be you know eventual step by step mm-hmm. yeah i think that's a pretty tangible piece of advice um i think this will be a good time to get into your daily structure and schedule as an artist itself how many hours a day are you working on client work and how many hours are you doing your personal work and just general stuff across the day so it, it completely you know swings between uh, you know uh, uh, different hours a day because mm-hmm. it is completely random right now but but at this point i'm working around like 15 to 18 hours in a day literally on multiple projects and i'm burnt out literally <laughs> um uh, and i don't even know how i'm even functioning but um yeah you know it's been a long time i appreciate it i'm grateful for the work i'm getting mm-hmm. uh, i'm not complaining for that you know it's it's only that i have to increase my own threshold uh you know there were many there were many phases where i've worked this way but you know if not for work if not if not for client work then i generally split up you know if there is a moderate amount of client work i split up to 50 50 like 2 hours or 3 hours of personal work and the rest of the day is for client okay or you know if the client work is even more lesser than moderate then i would stretch my personal work to 60 40 to 50% a day and uh, you know the 50% of the rest of the day for my workouts and for my uh, for, for my food and you know for my client work and all this stuff um so that's how i keep swimming swimming uh, between my requirements uh so i i start my day at around uh, 7 o'clock uh, 6:30 you know i used to be a severe uh, night owl okay. i used to work till 4 a.m 5 a.m and sleep around 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning but after covid sorry after the lockdown i started to wake up early because my sleep sleep cycle and my circadian rhythm completely you know uh, was messed up mm-hmm. so i i wasn't uh, my quality of sleep even though i was sleeping from uh, 4 a.m or 5 a.m till 10 a.m it was it was it was not a it was not a good quality of sleep so okay. it was affecting a lot of my day schedule and though i was content with my night work i was i my creative energy is always high in the night 
but but for my in the in for the bigger picture for my own sleep schedule and all i had to you know forcefully change it and now i wake up around 6:30 or 7 o'clock and then start my day with a you know uh, with with some little warm up sketches or something and then slowly get into client work by 9:30 10 o'clock in the morning awesome so you seem to be like a fairly structured person uh, in terms of the way you're describing your day to day process do you have these tasks pre written down on some lists where you know exactly what has to be accomplished for each day or is it more like a mental note that you know what needs to be accomplished yeah i think that's the latter because i never have anything written on paper i i'm very bad at memorizing things at the same time i even forget, forget to even write even if i write i forget to check the note so that's how <laughs> okay. i you know, forgetful i am so yeah. so i've been this way ever since i was a kid i try to change it a lot but i i was never able to change it mm-hmm. uh so i don't remember uh, you know anything so you know so well or very strongly you know uh it's always uh, it's always uh, i don't know it's always preoccupied with something or the other mm-hmm. which is useless so uh, so whatever i do is completely right out from my mind you know i said something like okay let's let's go to uh, you know groceries around 12 pm you know uh, let's let's work till 10 am or okay. you know let's start my personal work around 1 pm you know let's let's start let's go to work out after lunch you know after 4 pm you know this this is how i i think you know randomly and okay. you know i'm not a structured person but i'm a stru- i'm i'm an uh, i'm a structured person in my own right you know structures you know structures could be subjective that's every true. every person has their own way of organizing things you know so mine is an organized chaos let's say mm, uh, i you know i started around 7 am i'm yeah so uh, i'm completely disciplined at whatever uh, you know i do okay in my own in my own uh, schedule so and generally i'm not uh, you know uh, uh, i'm never idle that's that's something i uh, i make sure uh, it's not deliberate but uh, i make sure that i'm always i'm sorry i don't make sure that i'm always busy but i'm always busy i'm always occupied because uh, you know i cannot stay idle for more than like 10 minutes or 15 minutes oh wow yeah <laughs> that's quite similar to me as well i like to make sure there is something or the other that i'm working on at any given point and i enjoy that a lot it's not like i'm deliberately put forcing myself to you know uh, you know it's not like toxic positivity hmm. yeah that's that's a whole topic in itself i mean do you struggle with something like that where you're con- i mean i know you mentioned that you're not forcing yourself to work but especially when you look at a lot of people producing a ridiculous amount of work on social media all the time do you ever feel like you're not working enough even though you clearly do work quite a bit seriously man i think i think you 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 said that so uh, uh, yeah i mean like i said um, the twitter ocean you know so many youngsters they produce incredible artworks and they say it's 24 hours done yesterday today sketch and they say this much you know uh, uh, and i don't understand how these guys even do that and uh, and after a certain point i give up you know i don't <laughs> i don't compare myself or i i i, I don't um, you know relate that to myself personally i used to do that a lot i used to get demotivated a lot uh, you know it used to affect my mental status and my uh, work quality as well uh, after realizing it at a point i know i stopped doing that of course you know we are all humans we are humans nothing else so yeah. we, we we tend to get affected by that once in a while you know you cannot get rid of something you know right at you right after a command you know for uh, for your whole life it's impossible at some point you'll still be affected you know let's say you know uh, you know like 30% or 40% lesser than whatever you used to so i still reacted to that 
you know to those uh, twitter artists um you know in the this this right right today evening you know uh, you know i felt really bad what am i even doing you know i'm just doing client work where are my where is my new portfolio you know mm-hmm. no matter how many clients we get we are never satisfied if we don't have personal work aren't we so that's true so um so so where are where is my personal work these these little this little you know kids are literally you know producing incredible content and and look at what i'm even doing you know so this is what i generally think but i tore it down a bit okay let's forget you know we'll do there is always tomorrow you know let's start let, let, let's make it a bit more organized that's what i keep telling myself and and then uh, move, move move ahead yeah i mean we are all human beings and yeah getting affected by toxic positivity you know we get tired of it at some point and but uh, i i'm never into it i'm never into toxic positivity i just can't do it not at least now in this phase i think i'm almost getting closer to 30 mm-hmm. so i don't think you know um, i i don't think uh, or at least i think that i'm smart enough to differentiate between what's actual productivity and what's toxic positivity yeah i think that's a pretty important point even just going back to the point when you were mentioning some of these master artists and how old they are which essentially means a lifetime of drawing consistently i think that's something that i try to look at and see that is not just about producing 20 hours worth of work today but how long can that be sustained for actually i think that's a much more important thing to look at over the long haul true true um just talking about personal projects i know you don't have time for it right now but are there some specific ideas that you're developing or thinking about which you would like to execute whenever you do get the time for the personal projects mm-hmm. so yeah um, um i mean i mean i generally don't have uh, you know a, a great massive ideas regarding my personal projects but you know um, i take it very randomly sadar you know uh, it's not like i'm you know i'm uh, i'm aimless for something <laughs> but you know uh, i always look forward to honing my skills every day okay that's always there but um, but for now i think um, i think i'm committed to you know um, committed to the same thing i always want to you know keep growing myself as an artist keep exploring new territories and uh, you know uh, discovering new work you know uh, you know something new to learn you know i think that's what you know i'm looking for right now okay you know because uh, of course you know on the on the personal front which actually you know uh, merges with the professional front you know i have uh, um i have a good idea or uh, let's say i have um i have a tentative idea of getting into teaching okay no, not entirely not 100% but i'm already doing it uh, like 20% or 30% with my workshops and uh, some hand picked students or whatever uh, being a mentor and stuff but you know i i wanted to do something in a bigger scale something slightly in a bigger scale okay not like an academy but something which is like an online stuff you know or something post covid offline maybe wow that's uh, awesome. so that's something uh, i'm i'm interested in uh, in teaching you know i think that's again this thing particularly stems out from the experiences i've had as you know as an artist mm-hmm. back then as a beginner you know uh, so i think i think this is this is what you know shapes up my whole personality that's awesome and i know you just recently released a workshop as well right where a few limited number of people were right. able to get in um 
yeah yeah what's that workshop about just even though the seats are already taken but people can get some context for future workshops what what exactly are you teaching in those workshops so so uh, i generally teach uh, not generally but uh, there are different you know subjects of workshops i take mm-hmm. one uh, you know caricatures you know uh, the basics for the beginners the uh, next uh, another variant of workshops could be you know the advanced level uh, workshop and caricatures and then building caricatures mm-hmm. and i know where you know uh, i'll be diving deep into uh, the, uh, the basics i'll be dissecting all of them the thought process what goes into it the principles of caricature and uh, what to what, what what to look after what, what to look for and what not to and you know what you know how to stay attentive and you know improving the work quality and all the stuff you know we'll be discussing and i'll be teaching a lot of different techniques and all you know i generally practice and in real life and there is another uh, you know advanced workshop you know uh, which actually serves beginners and also advanced uh, uh regarding the rendering a lot of people, a lot of people keep asking me about rendering how do you hatch contour that and this and all so i generally don't host uh, you know on that particular subject it's been only it's only uh, it was only once i've done that but i think i'm uh, and it was only for one day and this time i'm doing it for four days for the first time oh, wow. because it's an elaborate subject okay yeah so uh, spread across two weekends so i'm doing it for four days one workshop and it's it's all about you know um the line behavior you know how 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 hatching works and you know how how the line should be so expressive you know how does it react to light and how does it react to a particular surface how does it react to a particular planar and uh, you know uh, how does it behave when it if i mean it falls onto a different object or it could when it falls onto a tree or a leaf or a human face and it's all about the behavior of lines so uh, so yeah that is one thing which is upcoming and the other one is pin up sketches stylized portraits you know where you play a lot with shapes and forms mm-hmm. you know you have all the liberty you don't have any pressure to maintain the likeness you know uh, so you can you can keep exploring a lot of different shapes yet uh, you know uh, beautify the beautify the uh, subject or the face so yeah i think it, it keeps swinging you know across different topics you know every once in a while oh that's fascinating i really like the way you describe the way the line itself is reacting to these different types of surfaces and essentially brings out a different character and different quality to it right exactly that's awesome dude that's awesome um well i mean we've been talking for like one and a half hours i don't know how much more time you have i don't want to take up wow, too much wow. time it's been one and a half hours yeah it's been an amazing conversation this wow. is the first time we are getting to go really deep into your journey and your thought process so it's been great getting a lot of insights from you um there's there's generally one question that i like to end at but i just want to touch upon one final topic before we get to that point So a couple of years back I think last year or maybe the year before that you had a talk with TEDx. Uh, I just wanted to touch quickly upon that how did you get that opportunity and how did you prepare for that opportunity because speaking on a platform like that is not easy I suppose especially when you have to do it in front of a whole bunch of people and there are a lot of guests and a lot of speakers as well. So how do you prepare for something like that and how did you essentially develop what you were going to talk at that point? right so it was it was a 15 day turmoil man seriously so mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was it was a, a it was an incredible experience to begin with um and it's something which i've never faced in my whole life mm-hmm. uh at the same time it was traumatic because uh, 
because uh, there there was around uh, three to four thousand odd people, mm-hmm. and uh, and believe me, it it was uh, was nerve breaking for me. Uh, I had I had I had uh, multiple panic attacks, and you know. So even after a lot of public talks, this was this was like the mother of all public talks I had. So so my 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 the basics of my introversion has come back entirely. You know, like pouncing on me, and uh, I was pushed into dark. You know, so much of uh, lower self-esteem, mm-hmm. such irony that uh, you know people uh, were actually looking up to my work, but I was feeling so much of uh, you know lack of self-esteem myself mm-hmm. because uh, you know I don't know. You know, it was it was the preparation itself was extremely uh, you know burdening on me because I couldn't remember whatever the script they were giving. I was always bad at remembering things. You know, mm-hmm. my own goddamn you know weak point is that I cannot remember things properly. You know, ever since you know I was a child, <laughs> I know I I never could you know by heart things. I would never was never a, a someone to read and you know memorize it. You know, at all, not at all. And that was what I was supposed to do right then. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was like a circle going in reverse. You know, <laughs> no, you know, so. it's not even forming a circle but it's like going in reverse so i had to practice a lot i had to stop my own work for 10 days mm-hmm. you know to to note down everything what to do and how to face people you know a lot of you know talks and all i i had to sort resort to on youtube you know how to build up confidence on face and what so uh, so nothing worked in the end <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so on uh, before a day before the d day you know uh, we had uh, a couple of uh, so two days before the d day we we had uh, different full dress rehearsals and all okay. on the stage and without the without the crowd but only staff and i had three four panic attacks on the right on the stage oh you know God. um so uh, so i was like hello sri priyam i was like i used to stop that's it it's like i used to stop and they used to keep me aside you know they used to say that i am uh, you know sri please stay aside take some time you know sip some water you know just nap for like 5 10 minutes you know we'll come back to you later and i would they would still bring me to the stage and they would still they would again bring me to the stage and i would still do the same mm-hmm. and again i would be sidelined you know for 10 15 minutes and i would get back to the stage after another speaker and again it happened this this way people were literally tired of me you know wow. this is something no one no one has heard in here you know no one has actually you know got to hear about you know this is the first time i'm talking about this so um, so yeah that's how uh, uh, you know insane it was for me it was it was a very big ordeal for me because i i never had an experience that way i i've done like uh, 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 you know uh, two or three different ted talks already before that you know uh, 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 not in this humongous scale okay. it, it was the university tech talks okay. so so it was only 100 or 150 or 200 people that's it so i was i was I, my threshold was increased to 300 people but not 3000 or 4000 yeah, so that's a significant uh, jump for sure uh, yeah so i had no clue what to do so uh, all the script was completely trashed on 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 the rehearsal day <laughs> so they gave me they gave me a new script to remember easily you know uh, and they actually wanted me to you know, draft it in my own way so that i could remember it properly <laughs> so so uh, they had to compromise on so many things just to you know accommodate my thing you know uh, 
you know that's that's what it, that's how it was and uh, in the end uh, you know um, with with the help of organizers and all you know i had um, i try to um, bring back all the scripts uh, bring back the previous script and the new one and i had to add all the things format like a story like um, you know uh, up, 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 uh, like the forward and the uh, character introduction mm-hmm. and uh, the mid story and the climax sort of thing okay, you okay. know i think i think that's the movie buff in me uh, you know uh, coming out just kind of breaking it into three uh, three three part stories story arc essentially exactly that that's what i did that's what i did nice. i tried to mark in some you know uh, uh, some words phrases key phrases mm-hmm. and then divide it into four chapters <laughs> wow. so yeah that's how it was it was nerve wracking but in the end it was all worth it amazing uh, thank you it was definitely an incredible thing thanks for sharing that story i, I can i can imagine how nerve wracking <laughs> it might have been for you but it's it's great that you were able to overcome that because now your threshold has gone up to 3 4000 people so that's a great achievement not not sure. anymore the pan, the pandemic has completely distracted uh, you know that you know it has bring it has bring down the uh, brought down the threshold to what 100 people not even 150 something as <laughs> i guess <laughs> i guess part of that muscle memory still stays yeah. so it might kick in at any point uh, hopefully i i still do <laughs> <laughs> amazing <laughs> Well I guess the last question that I'll leave you with is are you somebody who plans for the next 10 to 15 years of your life or do you just take it as it comes each year or each month and just kind of take it from there Uh no I am not the one who always plans for not any of 15 years or not even 5 years later mm-hmm. you know maybe I might you know uh, the only thing I'm always very much consistent on was you know I want to just draw mm-hmm. i want to stay in comfort i mean not comfort as in not the comfort zone of life but whatever the comfort life has to offer you know with uh, just with drawing mm-hmm. you know spending the life as it comes you know and uh, keep earning with my uh, with my skills earn well that's how anyone could hope uh, you know uh, hope well for so that's the only thing it is it is very plain i want to just live a comfortable life with you know uh, art as my profession forever that's it awesome and the growing always you know that's always on charts it's always there that's the prospects yeah as long as you're consistent it will just keep growing from there absolutely absolutely wow awesome sri thank you so much for coming on this has been an amazing conversation really learned a lot and it was really fun just talking to you thanks a lot man thanks a lot man it was uh, such a great thing to talk to you and it is very kind of you to invite me and wow. it's uh, the, the second most thing is uh it is it has been a very pleasant experience you know for the first time talking to someone you know uh, someone new mm-hmm. uh for more than one hour you know on a zoom call and yeah i think it is a new experience for me ever since 2020 february so yeah so it's good it's refreshing you know uh, so i really look forward to talking to you again absolutely looking forward to your uh, clubhouse talks i'll always try jumping in whenever i can and just be a part of the conversation. Oh yeah, please. Of course, you know you're you uh, you know I have my anyways on you. <laughs> awesome dude. Well, uh I don't want to take up too much of your time now. It's already 11 o'clock. So, yeah, have a good night. No, it's you too, you too Siddharth. Uh, such a such a great conversation. Thanks a lot for making this happen. Man. Oh, you're welcome.